Alrighty, well, we're here. Another episode of The Successful Failure with the very funny J.P. Puth and Vidal, everybody. Oh, that's so nice of you. I'm taking these off. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. I can I, put them over here. I hate them. Uh, no, you're fine. No, it's okay. Uh, What's yeah, up, dude? Hi. Uh, hello. How you doing? I'm, su- I'm super. I'm great. I'm yeah. doing great. Well, I just learned something new about you. You work with special needs kids, dude. I do. They're fine. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. That's awesome, man. What made you want to get into that line of work? Um, I like kids hanging with, no, not in a weird way. Um, I like, I don't know. I like kids. They're easy to get along with, except the uh, special need ones are not. Uh, no, I, okay. I like special needs. I'm autistic, so I kind of like, feel like I, I'm good at working with special needs kids and it's good to have something in common with them, but truly they are broken children. I, I don't mean that. No, that's wrong. Cut that out. No, don't <laughs> cut that out. I don't leave it in. I don't care. They are... I've met a lot of great autistic kids. I'm actually working with great autistic kids now, but I've also worked with autistic autistic kids that are just violent and rough. Like, because yeah. it's cra- I used to work with an autistic kid who... He would just have violent episodes and go trying to stab everyone. Oh, wow. And just breaking everything in his house. Yeah, and I would take him to, like, autistic camp... And I'd meet other autistic kids, and uh, and they'd be great. Mm-hmm. So then I'd look at my kid and be like, "Oh, it's not. It's you. It's you. <laughs> you're you're the problem. Um, it's not. You can't blame everything on your autism when you're just a dick." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but so it's not, I don't think aut- autistic kids aren't broken. I have worked with autistic kids that are broken despite their autism. They just are at some kids. Kids are assholes a lot of the time. Well, to be fair, I mean, with or without autism, I feel like kids are just a bunch of assholes, and we all they are broken. Be. I right? like the kids I'm with now. They're they're pretty funny. I I work with this one. I hope they don't look at Instagram. We'll find out. Uh, I work with this one kid who she has like a vision board of her life, and she like wrote her name in the middle, and there's like lines to different parts of her life, like lines to love swimming, loves cats. Loves drawing, and there's just one line that goes, "No, Dad." <laughs> just like, oh, and just like a rainbow around it. I'm just like, well, she knows. At least she's cool <laughs> with it. <laughs> so that's interesting. I didn't know you had like a form of autism. I, I'm not really in them that like have knowledge on autism. Yeah, stuff like I that, mean, so. I got diagnosed when I was 18, which kind of sucked because oh, wow. it's like. Thought you were supposed to like get really good at stuff when you were autistic. I thought you got like a thing. <laughs> I thought you got, like, I could, like, I tried piano, or I tried, like, throwing sticks on the ground and counting them. I can't do shit, dude. I, I, yeah, I don't, I thought you were supposed to get real good at something when you're autistic. I got autism at 18, and I, well, I got diagnosed, and they were just like, so that's why you've been a little different. I'm just like, you mean how everyone's just mean to me? Is that the, (laughs) is that what makes me different? And turns, turns out it's just, it's just brain problems. Well, to be fair, to be honest with you, dude, uh, you were one of those people where I, you were talking about being good at one thing, and I honestly think it's comedy, dude. Yeah. Because I don't remember a couple of weeks ago at Haha. I will be completely honest with you. You were, when I first, I've only been doing mm-hmm. stand up for two months, and I've seen you for the past two months. You were one of the first comedians I met. Oh, yeah. Fourth Wall. At and Fourth stuff. Wall, yeah. Sure. And you were very eccentric, very different than mm-hmm. a comedian. And to be honest with you, I didn't really get it. Fair. And then <laughs> I saw you at Haha, dude, and I was like, oh my God, my jaw dropped. Like yeah. you were just a different person, uh, like when you have to put it on. You know what I mean? Does do you feel like that's something that your yeah, I mean, autism like kind of affects or maybe I haven't really thought about it too much. I definitely like 
it's not like I like am like autism go. You know, <laughs> I'm not like about to get on stage and I'm like power autism and then I get up there. I just kind of do my thing. Uh, it is funny that like a lot of people don't get. When, when, it was like and you know this from miking. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I'll be like miking a fourth wall or third, just like these little places right. where you try shit out. And yeah. fourth wall is a place where you do. I go to the improv mic a lot, and you just get buckets or you riff on other people's sets. And it's just like, and everyone thinks everyone's dog shit because we're it's afternoon and we're just trying our best. A lot of us just woke up. Right. I just woke up and I was late, <laughs> and I get there and I got a riff on random shit that is pulled out of a bucket mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like oh, these guys ain't shit but yeah of course we're not shit we're just we we're do we're throwing stuff against the wall so it's hard to tell how anyone really is until you see them like go yeah and work their shit and yeah so it's like i i'm so judgmental but i also like try to keep that in mind mm-hmm. when i see people is like I don't know. Don't judge them for their riffing or right. their, their open mic sets. You don't know what they have. Yeah, and and I, just, I I recently found out like that just that mindset of be like ha- being comfortable with failing at open mics. You mm. know what I mean? I I took every I'm taking or I used to or still am maybe, but taking all these mics too serious. You know what I mean? Where I'm like going up there like if that's not gonna make anyone laugh, I throw that bit away. And it's like now I understand, yeah. especially talking to CJ and then this other guy Travis Parker who's been doing it for like six months. But he was talking about how his mindset shifted. Did uh, in terms after his first show, in terms of the open mics, was that something that you always knew, or did you were you the same in the beginning, where you took every open mic serious? I used to take them pretty seriously, right? Uh, especially when I wasn't doing it. Took, it, it progressed because nobody really tells you what to do. There's right. Like, there's etiquette. There aren't rules, mm-hmm. but there's they'll tell you the etiquette before the process. Yeah, right? and, and there's there is a process that like. I think I started doing open mics, and like I said, there was no one really telling me, hey, be doing this every day, be doing like three or four, or five, as many as you can possibly do, as often as possible. And when I started doing that, I slowly started to realize, because I would get some shows, I would get a lot of bringer shows, which mm-hmm. were lame, but I didn't know at the time, and right. I was just kind of doing them, and I was flexing my good material that I mm-hmm. had at the time. And and I'd go to Mike's and I'd kind of flex that good material and and would go hits and misses, you know. Uh, but I I think a lot of it had to do with just seeing the same people all the time. And you're like, okay, I want to be. They've seen me try the stuff that works, right? And even if they haven't, like I go to plenty of Mike's where like I'm performing in front of people that have never seen my good stuff. And I'm going up there with stuff I just wrote that might be bad, and I and then I, that's just and if you, even if I bomb, that's the impression I have to leave. I I try to assess out the situation with mics though. It's like if I'm at a showcase kind of mic, yeah, at like the improv or like at the haha, yeah. like the Booker was watching right. and I wanted to do well, so I was like, let's pull out some stuff that I know works or like the material I like at the time, and like West Side improv comedy store it's like big big audiences like if there's a bunch of people and i think a lot of them haven't really seen me before i'll flex a little yeah. and do my good material and but most and of run it up hashing it i want to yeah i want to i want i want to create as much amazing stuff as possible uh and it's hard because a lot of times i'll be like <laughs> yesterday i did west side 
Have you been there? No, I haven't. It's a it's a it's a it's a great mic in Santa Monica. Okay. And it's usually a good audience. And I was like trying out a lot of new shit uh, that I was like pretty confident ish in. And I did. It, it's weird because it's like it was going well, and then I tried a older joke, and that one fucking popped. Like, <laughs> so then in my head I'm like, oh, all this new shit that I just tried didn't pop like that popped. Yeah. So is that stuff dog shit? And I don't know the answer to that. I think it just needs more work. How, how do you know when a joke needs more work or if it's just not funny at all? Because I'm kind of like, I'm not yeah. saying I'm there right now because everything I write is dog shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but like, how, how do, what are the kind of like the leads from, is it from the audience? Is it how I feel inside? Like what, what are some of the signs to where I'm just like, I can throw this joke away because it's not working? I mean, I, I don't know about throwing anything away. Yeah, okay. I, I call it like shelving stuff. I mean, sometimes you want to throw shit away if it's just not working at all. I, sometimes it's, you got to go by instinct, go by your stuff. But I always, if I'm at a mic, especially like one more, like it, I, a lot of these people don't know my stuff. I'll, I'll throw out somewhere in my set, maybe even in the beginning, I'll throw out like a joke I'm confident in mm-hmm. and cess the crowd with that. And if that works, I'm kind of comparing everything else I try to that joke. Because it's just like, hey, let's throw this out. Does the crowd work? Is the crowd here? And that's kind of like my control subject. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll throw out a joke. And if the crowd pops, if it laughs, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, let's compare. Now I'm going to throw all this new shit at them. And let's compare the new Mm, shit to that thing that worked. I kind of do that. So you get the good faith right in the beginning, and then you try your new shit. Yeah, or I mean, some, it, sometimes I'll put the good faith at random points in okay. my set. But I think it's good to have like in every set, if you need to, if especially you're trying out new shit, to like kind of you know test, see what's see how one thing works compared to the others. But also like you know I got I, I'm always working on new shit, and sometimes it's just all about just like okay maybe it's not a bit doesn't necessarily need to be cut, but it's it's good to have like. You know, no, like, okay, that bit's not, doesn't go to the standards of some of my other stuff. Right. So I need to drip back to the drawing board a bit on it or work on it a little bit. Yeah. But it's also weird, you know, sometimes the mic will do great and you'll crush with everything and then, mm-hmm. some, and then you'll be confident in those new jokes and then you'll go to another mic and everything will bleh. And it's all about the audience and what they're into and how you yeah. told it and how you maybe did it different this time True. than last. And it's, there's no rules. There's no roadmap. It's. It's you. It's you figuring out what works for you and your kind of comedy, mm-hmm. I guess. Because like, the biggest thing in the world to me is like find, finding your voice. Right. You're going to be able to figure out what kind of comedy you need to write if you figure out what you are and what you're different, how you're different. I guess the best thing I can say is like you, the, the, ultimate, the ultimate joke to me is a joke that only you can tell. Mm. If you can tell this joke... And everyone looks at that and they think it's hilarious, but especially if they think it's hilarious because you said it. Right. You know, it's like, this guy can say that. I can say that. This guy can say that. This fella can rock that joke. I couldn't. It's it's like, you know, that's your voice. That means that's what you have that's unique that Mm -hmm. other people don't have. Just banking off on that. So ethnically, you're Indian? 
Kind of, yeah, yeah, part Indian. Part Indian? Do you have any, like, Indian jokes or stuff like that, like cultural jokes? or Sometimes. I. I how ha- does that work for you? Because I've got some Filipino bits where it's just, like, they won't work in front of anyone unless they're Filipino, I feel like, right? Yeah, I don't know. Race jokes, I, 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 it's not really – I do sometimes if I can make it me. Like, I used to run a joke. I, I don't really run it anymore because it just I don't know I never really fully figured it out but it was the whole idea was like my I used to think my my dad's brown but I used to think he was black because uh, <laughs> yeah because I I grew up in a very rural town there were like only two races to choose from and I took a guess uh, yeah I was wrong uh, but my dad's <laughs> brown for sure I but that's like that would be what I do so it's kind of like okay. I know a lot I'm listen I'm three to three i'm three years in going hard i'd Mm. say like i've been working hard at this for three years i started six years ago oh wow how old are you i'm 26 oh okay so so like i started in college but i only went to like a couple mics a month and i moved out here and like did some bringer shows a couple times a month and the pandemic happened i did some zoom comedy and then i started miking every day and i worked out like i mean what's working is Obviously, I'm doing more now, and it's, like, getting more opportunities. And so that's been going on for the past two or three years. I And I would say, like, over time, learning my voice and still learning it. It's I have a lot of progress to make. I think it's 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 about, like, figuring out what, what works for you. Like, I, I realize, like, I, a lot of times the shit that's working best for me is the stuff that I can relate back to me, the stuff that I can relate to my my you know my my ignorant innocent hmm. kind of whimsical flavor where like the dad joke is like i'm not really talking about i probably wouldn't do a joke that's like indians are like this like yeah. you know <laughs> i can do the accent hello my name is jp i i have to put uh, one nostril yeah because it helps if i pretend to be an elephant um but i yeah, I don't know if I do a joke that's just like Indians are so weird, aren't they? Like, I, it helps more for my brand mm. if I'm like, I thought my dad was black, but he's not. You know, yeah. he's brown. Uh, and so that's kind of like, I mean, you can get away with anything. You can, if you write a good joke, you can do it. Right. But I think a lot of times, I, I am best when I write for my brand, my my me. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that has to do with. Going at the angle of what I am, which mm-hmm. is like innocent, whimsy, silly, ignorant, naive, which I'm kind of those things, but definitely more so in, on stage. Right. And, and was that something that you just found doing open mics or did you like just one day sit down and be like, OK, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to play it? Or did you find it through just failing jokes? Yeah. I mean, it took time for sure, but... I also just started noticing what was working for me, what people would compliment me on and what I wanted to, how I saw myself. I think I see myself generally as the person I am on stage, you know, like right, yeah. fucking <laughs> silly, silly fun fella. And I want to be that person in my day to day life. I'm not uh-huh. as much as I want to be. I can be. A lot of like my my family just came. My, <coughs> my family never comes to watch my stand up, mm-hmm. and they and I had a, I was in Jacksonville and I was doing a club, 
uh, the Comedy Zone, and my family was just, my parents were just like, we'll come, and I was like, uh, okay, um, fine, because I make fun of them a little bit. Right. And they came, and I did a really, really good set, and they, I, they, the phone was at their table recording, and I watched back the show. Uh, I was doing great, and my parents didn't laugh once. <laughs> it was no like, kidding. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of funny, honestly. I don't know. My parents aren't just people, just not people to hype me up. I guess they'll right. support, mm-hmm. but they aren't like. You know, my mom came up to me afterwards and was like, "I've heard some of those jokes before," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I keep them. You know, I, <laughs> I, keep I, them. I do the jokes at work." <laughs> so just, she just expected you to always come up with new material, which then? I do. I right. do a lot, and I'm running a different ten minutes now than I was a year ago, mm-hmm. and I'm always writing new shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, they. I think they, they expect new, new, new all the time. Yeah. And it's like it's not necessarily like that, especially the first like ten years. You're just trying to get. I'm also very. I I I I have to get. I I I. I don't remember what I was talking about. A lead up to this, but I I. If people are paying me and I'm at a club, I it's it's a service. You know, it's a right, service yeah. industry. Right. I'll maybe try a couple new things. I'll definitely riff. But I I like to bring what I got. I like to show like, hey, you paid for me to be here. I will provide the service you paid for. I will be a good comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna use this time to as an open mic. I'm right. gonna test my shit. And people complain like, oh, open mics are hard. Open mics are they, they won't give you shit. I'm just like, go to enough of them and be good and. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's like people that complain about open mics are lazy and not good at comedy. It, uh, they're important. They're important. Big people still do them. Very people important. that made it, and you should keep doing them. I I never don't ever stop doing them until you're. Some of my best friends are door guys at the comedy store, and they are doing open mics all the time. It's like a lot of people would see that as like goalpost success. You're in at the store, one the biggest club in the world, right? And a lot of people sometimes get in there and they just stop doing anything they're just like i get to go to the store several times a week i don't need to do anything else i'm just like yeah but for me at least i'm like yeah but you're going up to the store you should try new shit but test it other places Mm -hmm. i don't know i i Mm -hmm. maybe that's just me being a bit of like a like i need stuff to be good all the time but i i need i need to know if something works really well before i i want to know that this bit pops because because of it if it fails, I'm kind of like bombing's fine, but if it fails, it's also in my head like, okay, I'm thinking about like, what did I do wrong? What did I did I not prepare that bit enough? Was that not good enough? Mm-hmm. And if I'm being paid, I, I see it as like a failure of job. I know that's not like everyone will say like, bombing is fine, bombing happens, bombing is cool. I agree, but on a I'm certain gonna, stage, I'm, yeah, I'm right. doing everything I can to make sure it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm working open mics i'm working new jokes before i bring them to shows a lot of people will say the opposite a lot of people say half the fun is trying new shit in front of a lot of people and that is true but i like to be as confident as i can 100 in something before i try it in front of people 100 percent uh so you fucking are a co-producer on shenanigans dude Mm-hmm. Shenanigans. I, I went to the uh, the show a couple sundays ago i think it was two weeks ago and yeah that was fun yeah, it's was, a crazy. I didn't go up because I didn't. I wasn't gonna sign a waiver because some of that shit was crazy. Yeah, it's intense. Um, and if I was younger, maybe I, if I would have done it, if I was younger. How old are you? Thirty-four. Okay, nah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. 
I love it. It's Dude, my it's favorite great. thing I do out here. It's awesome. It literally that was a great show. It's a crazy thing. We got cool shit happening with it. We're you run working. it with Miranda Meadows and Ben Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah, we all run it together. Whose idea was it to come up with this show? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like we're co-producers. We all work together, but also, I okay. What's so, inspiration? For okay, that? so I used to run another show. It was just like a normal stand-up show, and I'm so bored with normal stand-up shows. Yeah. I'm happy to be on any. I will do all of them. I put me on your things. I will do them all. Thank you. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to run a stand-up show. That's boring. A lot of a lot of people, I think, run them partly because they just want a little clout. Yeah. They want something to give somebody <laughs> some some way to associate with bigger comics. Like oh, I got. I don't know, isn't it crazy? I got Tiffany Haddish on my show. And I'm like, yeah, cool. She's going to go up. She might say hi to you and hug you. And then she <laughs> will forget you forever. I don't know what to say. Like, okay, maybe the rare possibility you impress her. Maybe she asks. I know people who know her and are friends with her. They get nothing. You know, I also know people who have been on her show. The uh, y'all ready, whatever it's called. She, they're ready. And it's like, and I'm still doing the same stuff as them. A lot of times it's like, I don't know. I think a lot. I'm, listen, if you run a show, good for you. You're supporting the community. That's mm -hmm. great. Do your thing. Love that for you. I'm so bored with normal stand-up. And I wanted, I, I was running a regular stand-up show, and then I, I kind of got this idea that was like, it started off as a kind of replication of this thing, the Meltdown Comedy, okay. which used to be a club here, which is a great indie club. Mm -hmm. that used to do this thing called stand-up without a net where they get big comedians tj miller oh, wow. mark miller and robin williams even Damn. did it and it'd just be like prompts on a board riff no on kidding. those prompts kind of like the improv mics yeah, we do right. the prompts were great i will say the prompts were better than any prompts anybody has written at any open mic they're not just like what's your favorite dessert yeah. it was it was like uh what what is a <laughs> i like how would you sell breast milk wholesale? You know, like, <laughs> and the people would do great on that. So I was running a show and I thought it'd be fun to like, I, I, the other thing is like, I, I invite a lot. I don't know. I know comedians out here. I don't, I have people that like me as a standup that I'll invite places, but I don't have a lot of friends that aren't comedians. So often I'm inviting as many people as I can, but a lot of times I'm inviting comedians to shows. So, uh, I would say, like, every, when I started this other show with some people, I was like, everybody put your name in a bucket. We'll pull you, we'll pull a random spot in the middle of this book show. You're going to go up there. We're going to put throw prompts on a board. You're going to riff on those. We kind of did, like, stand up okay. without a net because that, that club ended and that show stopped. And I was just like, I used to love it. And I was like, it would be fun to kind of bring something like that back. Mm -hmm. And eventually that turned into Ben had this idea. I have this. I have an incredibly we sh we had it on our last show. We, I have an incredibly condensed Carolina Reaper oil. Oh yeah, it's one of the hottest things I think you can get on the planet. I got it from the guy that invented the Carolina Reaper because peppers are invented at this point. Like yeah. they're created, they're genetically engineered. The guy that invented the Carolina Reaper has a shop in South Carolina, and I went there with my dad, and they sold this thing behind the counter. He was like, "You like I don't." He might have been fucking with me, but it's hot as shit. Yeah. He, he brought this thing, this little tube out called the sludge. And he was like, we don't sell this to people, but you guys seem nice. Like, I don't know. Uh, 
And he told me this thing called the sludge, which is just super condensed Carolina Reaper oil. Some of the hottest shit you can put in your mouth. And and Ben was like kind of volunteered to like, what if I did a set? And what if instead of the prompts, I just did a set with this on my tongue? And we're like, yeah, that'd be fun. So we did that in the middle of the show. And I mean, the I stopped doing that show for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And but I wanted to run something, and I'm so I, I everybody does a stand up show, and it's so boring. So I thought it'd be fun to just have an entire show that was all hot sauce, something else, something else, something else. And it started kind of tame. Like I got I got this wheel, I ordered this wheel, I got Miranda and Ben on board, and we had things on the wheel were like do a set while you call your mom or. <laughs> Or like do a set, but like we have to inhale helium. Some simple stuff. And but Ben kind of volunteered to take the bullet spot every show, which we we kind of thought we we're gonna do fucked up things to people. Mm-hmm. And the first person should be one of us right. getting the most fucked up thing right. done to them. So we decided for the very first show we would shoot uh Roman candle fireworks at Ben during a set. Holy shit! So dude. we. And we invited so many people, and it was our first show, and it was packed. It was outside. And the first thing that happens is we shoot Ben with these Roman candles, and he's got a towel over his head to protect him, and it catches fire. No fucking and, way. And, yeah, and people start freaking out. We A few people leave, and then we start the week. It was amazing. It, it was <laughs> it was my favorite thing. I loved setting my friend on fire. It was great. But then, then the wheel, we had a lot of kinks to work out after that first show. It was right. kind of throwing everything at the wall. And slowly, we started doing more. We started, like, kind of changing the wheel. So it was less drinking helium and more, uh, you know, being on a balance beam that we lit f- and wrapped fuse around. Yeah, dude. Or having actual real-life poison ivy poison rubbed on ivy, your skin. right? Yeah, we... We've done some crazy stuff since then. We've we've had the things with just the things Ben has done as a bullet spot. He's he's walked through mouse traps blindfolded and barefoot. He has had paintballs shot at him. He Jesus has dude. had uh, darts thrown at him while on, while strapped to a board. What a psycho! He's been waxed. He's a psycho. But he's and then this last one we had him fight a pro boxer on stage who was just beating him up the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, he's he, he's crazy, but also I think you know he 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 likes doing it, but also I think we're gonna start switching it up. So me and Miranda might do the first spot more. Mm, okay. But yeah, then we always get we always book people to try to do crazier shit. Like we had Moses Storm wear a head cage, so we had a tarantula walking around his head. I saw that. I saw the video of that. Yeah, we had Nicole Buchanan. We we put goggles and tubes going from her nose into boxes with cat litter, dog Ooh. shit broken eggs old stuff uh we've put people got mad at this but we put mice in a person's pants uh and we were harassed a lot online for that one people were like you're molesting the mice and i'm like dude i saved them from being eaten by a snake (laughs) put them in a guy's pants and returned them to petco in one piece okay Listen, they, they they had a little adventure. The internet will get mad at anything. They were days. so mad. It was like four people who were like girlfriends of other comics we knew. Okay. And they like po- posted our videos and were like, boycott this show. They put mice in people's pants. Uh, which, you know, if that's what you're – if you hate that shit, fair. Hate us. Yeah. Do whatever. Yeah. But we we – the mice are okay. I mean, they might be in a snake's belly at this point. But or the mice out. at the time of returning them to Petco were fine. Um. 
That's wild. Yeah, we put leeches on people. We've done I, leeches. I didn't. You can Joe Menente. Joe Menente no from Fourth Wall. We put leeches on. Yeah, leech.com. Uh, leeches.com. You can buy them for Are sure. Are you serious? Yeah, they're great. What do you I, do with them after? Maybe I shouldn't ask because oh. those four girlfriends could be watching this. I think they fell off of Joe's body and are just kind of somewhere in that pumpkin patch we were in. <laughs> They're just waddling around. I don't know what to do with them after. Do I find a river to put them in? Well, listen, we... I don't know where they are. Uh, I don't know where these leeches are. They've never but, been seen Listen, after. if you care about leeches and you're mad at me, happily, I'll take all your hate. Uh, Joe Benente is probably taking care of them. Yeah, I'm sure he is. They're still on his body feeding yeah, him testosterone. testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we do. We've done so many crazy things. We've shot collared people. We've given paper cuts between the fingers. Yeah, I saw that one. That was. That's, yeah, I would not be fine with that. Tase people. I've been tased. It's not a big deal. How's, how's I, that? Does that hurt? Yeah, it hurts. It's like a. It's like a. It's a. It's electric. You're being electrocuted. Right. Yeah, it's painful. But I don't know. I. I kind of like. I was never a huge jackass fan. Not that I didn't like mm. it. I just like I know. I wasn't necessarily inspired by them, and I kind of fell into this thing, and I. The whole idea of shenanigans is that you have to be doing stand-up while all this stuff happens to you. So it's not just jackass. Mm-hmm. You're not just going up. Because well, nothing, nothing against jackass or Johnny Knoxville or anything, but I have always, I've always watched it and recently and been like, you know, these people are just kind of... They're doing crazy shit to themselves, mm-hmm. but as far as the writing goes, they're not, they're not that funny. It's more um, so stunts, right? Yeah, like they're they categorize stu- them as stunts. Right, and we're different because we actually encourage kids to try this shit at home. Uh, yeah, we were unprofessionals ourselves. We built all this shit out of nothing. We've put people on stilts and saw them at the bottom. No experience. I, I, I love how Luke, Luke is a lawyer, everybody, but yeah, I we love had how Luke. Luke is there. It's just sitting on a fucking lawn chair in the back. Yeah. We always have like a correspondent. In Dude, the that's back. amazing. That's we a have, great, like a uh, yeah. element that you guys have. It's good. It, it, we have like we this last one we had Luke Walls, who's a lawyer. Just kind of like we'd go to him after every set, be like, "What? Any OSHA violations?" <laughs> uh, before him, we had, and we still try to use her from time to time. She was unavailable this last one. We've had a therapist named Doctor Dom, and she would literally we would have her on stage. We would have her like on the side of the stage, and we'd actually ask her to clinically diagnose every comic after their set. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was dude. it was great. I it was so much fun. That um, is too funny. It's my favorite show in the world. There's we got some traction. We have yeah, some yeah. shit happening behind the scenes. We have Good. some partners. We have some funding. We have people work we're working with to build a special around. I you know dude, that's I, awesome. Good for you guys. I, yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't know what will happen. I've over we huge hopes that if they are shot down I, I will be depressed but you know i am keeping my hopes high i i am a firm believer in hoping as high as you can and then just dealing with the fallout when it comes <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are like no keep your hopes keep keep your hopes grounded just be ready for anything like no dude you're gonna be sad anyways That's true. you know just be as excited as you can be that's so true. Yeah. Just be as excited as you can be. Why? Why why just be at a medium the whole time? Have highs and lows. Be if you're not bipolar, be bipolar. <laughs> Medium's so boring. <laughs> That's hilarious. What's the end goal with the the show? I would love I mean, we're we're working with some people, some good 
good production companies mm-hmm. right now, and I I think it would be fun to have like a live TV show. It would be, wherever it would belong. We're like it also we're always switching venues, and we it takes mm-hmm. so much money. Spent like a lot of money on this last show building on it. Even though it looks, even though we duct taped watermelons to ropes <laughs> to fling at people, we spent a lot of money on this show. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of preparation, which, like, this is the only one we've done this year. We did three last oh, year. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah, it takes a lot of work. We all have to kind of get on the same page. Right. I, I, I'm spending hours working on this shit every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day of the show, I was at the venue at 10 a.m. I left at 2 a.m. Like, I was working there all day. It's a lot to put together. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a, a constant venue and a crew we're like in it, like maybe if a TV show or something, whatever it is. So crew, we could do this weekly or even monthly, even, but like weekly, where we have the funding, the crew, right, and the time to just be like, there's so there's three people. It's me, Miranda, Ben. We have we have a great camera guy named Eric who has awesome equipment, and he he always shows up for us and films the he whole does. thing, and we get great great quality. footage. Yeah, it's really good quality footage. Uh, and we have a lot of other friends that will help when they can. But at the end of the day, it's me, Miranda, and Ben creating the ideas, building the ideas, hosting the show, doing all the background work during the show, getting it all set up. And it's just like it's it's a lot for three people to run. Right. And uh, if we can – we have some funding, but hopefully we can get even more funding and be able to do this show way more consistently at a venue that loves us, that lets us do what we want to do. Um, including lighting people on fire, and it, the mo- and because like we've only done six, we've had mm-hmm. a lot. We've had some background stuff happening uh-huh. with that's cool, but we've really only done six live shows, and I, we want to be able to do way more. But like if we can get just consistent funding, people behind us, crew, which we are on our way to doing. We have some cool stuff. Right. I hate when people say that. Like I got some cool stuff yeah. coming up, but I'm also. But like you said, be excited about it, dude. I, I'm very excited about it. We do have cool stuff coming up, and that's legit. We have cool stuff coming up, but I don't want to be like – first of all, I don't want to flex on, like, the thing. But I also don't I, – I get paranoid because I think sometimes when I, like, when I have cool oppor- – I've had so many opportunities since I've come out here that have yeah. gone to nothing. And and I'm I'm so I love telling people about them. Yeah. I love being like <laughs> – I love being like, I got this, guys. Look, this is happening. And I'm – uh, so I'm kind of like uh, I just, uh, keeping things close to vest until we have stuff to actually show. Yeah, I guess is the thing. It's also fun to be out in L.A. and be like, I got some stuff cooking, big yeah. things yeah, on their way, go. which like but then you see the worst comedian you've ever seen say the exact same shit. And you're just like, ah, I mean, your stuff isn't as cool <laughs> as my stuff, probably. <laughs> uh, you got a roast battle coming up, huh? Why well, I, uh, I I don't, you but don't? I just oh, did shit. one last week. But good <laughs> shit. Uh, no, That's you're bad. good. I no, I roast battle a lot. Bad I, journalism. Yeah, fucking come, do your research, man. Uh, no, I got I, I roast battle a lot. I do roast battle at the comedy store. I do roast. I do comic wars at mm-hmm. the Hollywood Improv, run by Miranda. The, yeah, uh, my roommate. Great. That's a great show too, dude. Yeah, that's that awesome. I love that show. show. I had the, I had the belt championship belt at roast battle mm-hmm. and luke walls our lawyer just uh battled me took it from me no way super happy about it too it was a super great battle we went to double overtime jeff ross was there loved it it was, it was just everything i could have wanted i lost perfectly fine with that i have been roasting so much lately i i roast 
two or three times a month and it good dude. The, it's like it then i like it but i'm also just i'm a stand-up you know and i'm trying mm-hmm. to write my stand-up and when you write for a roast you're spending hours on end thinking about this one person <laughs> writing jokes <laughs> about this one them. yeah writing just about this one person that you're gonna say on stage and then those jokes are gone forever that's like, true. You can kind of sometimes use them, but it's different. It's, roast jokes are different than regular stand-up jokes, and sometimes they don't equate. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, I haven't had a lot of luck with it. I've had jokes that I that crush at roast battle that I kind of mm-hmm. try uh, to like weave into my regular stand-up if they work, and it, you know it's, it doesn't it isn't, doesn't a lot of times it doesn't work as well. Uh, but I think I, I'm I'm not taking necessarily taking a step back from roast battle, but I. I, I had the belt. I lost it. I am going to keep doing it all the time. They mm-hmm. like me there. They'll put me up against people. But I also like I need I need I've been doing so many lately. I need time to just write my own shit, not be working on jokes that I'm going to lose the second yeah, I tell them. Exactly. Uh, so maybe take a couple months off at least. Maybe one or one. If they have something fun, if they have somebody fun for me to battle. Right. I will. But I'm kind of only going to really do battles that I want to do now. That's when, interesting. I didn't really think about that. Well, when that you aspect. start. Yeah. I mean, when you start, I've, uh, I've had almost 30 battles. I've Holy battled. Almost, shit, dude. I've battled. My record at Comic Wars is real bad. Uh, my record at roast battle is I think I'm nine five and two, so one nine lost yeah. five, tied two. My record at Comic Wars, which is the Hollywood Improv one, is three and nine. Uh, it's rough. I did, it's rough. It's a different kind of battle. You have to do like two minutes jokes. I I stand by that I'm fucking good at it there, uh, and I usually have really close battles, but you know, fucking yeah. semantics. Uh, <laughs> Um, what's the end goal with this, dude? What do you want for, to do for, for stand up? Like, do you stand up. You want to keep doing it? I know other people want to get into writing and stuff like that. What what what's your goals? I came out here to write. I don't think I want to do that as much as I used to. Yeah. I want to. I want to make my living off stand up. I think that's the first thing mm-hmm. that is just like the bar minimum. I want to not have another job. I want to stop working with these autistic kids. <laughs> uh, love them. Would rather be on stage talking about them. <laughs> But I, yeah, I mean, big dreams. I want to be passed at the comedy store. I want shenanigans to take off. I want a TV show with shenanigans. I want to make a puppet show. I want to write a puppet show. I want to be able to be going on the road with people. I either want to be opening for people on the road and eventually have be headlining on the road and have people open for me. Uh, I want to do it all. I want to be great. I want to be great at this. I want to be undeniable. I think I'm on my way, especially the amount of time I've been here. But I got a lot of things I want to do with it. But, you know, uh, the only way to not make it is to quit or die. Right. So I just won't quit. Yeah. Uh, Anytime I'm sad about this, and this isn't mine, but I heard this is, I think, Clean Talking John is a comedian out here. Mm -hmm. This is his name. Uh, It's a good name. Yeah, it's a good name. He's not clean. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know if his name is John, but... (laughs) He, he once told me, uh, he once told my friend, my roommate at the time, who just had a mess that it, I, I, I didn't, I crushed. Uh, he said, you know, this is great advice. If you're sad about a set, if you're sad about how things went, just be like, you know what? You're only doing this forever. Uh, especially if you're into it. If you're doing this, if you love it, it's an addiction. It's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I'm good at. It's the only thing I can figure out how to do. 
and I still have so many problems. But, you know, I, I don't plan on quitting ever. Yeah. I don't know why I would. Everything else is so boring. Yeah. Everything else Fuck is yeah. so boring. I'm so bored with everything. I mean, maybe I could find something. I, I kind of wish I didn't go to film school and I learned biology so I could work at zoos. <laughs> you went to film school, huh? I did go to film school. Where'd you go to film school? In Belmont and Nashville. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nashville's a great city, dude. I, I liked it. I love Nashville. I went to... Have you been before? I have not. I've been to Nashville, but I've never been to Belmont. It's it's fun. It's a good college. I don't know that I... I feel like I fell for a scam, like everyone says. Film like, school, yeah. Well, film school is a kind of a scam. Just because I, I did film school... I, w I went in like everyone else. I was like, I'm going to be a director, yeah, a writer. Go. I'm going to be Tarantino. Yeah. I'm going to be Scorsese. Nolan. Yeah, Scorsese. all of them. And I think I realized I'm definitely more towards writers. I don't have the confidence to correct people that directors do. Mm, I directed okay. a bunch of short films, and I I can't. Actors are just like, listen, they, they would act. They would do a shitty job at acting, and I'd be like, we got it, and then move on. I, I don't know how to talk <laughs> to them. shitty job at acting. Yeah, they do such a shitty job at acting. Sorry, everyone that I hired. You, you were <laughs> shitty. You were, I, I have several movies that I love dearly that I made, and every one of you that acted in it was bad. I'm sorry. You were not good at acting. And that's fine because we cast a lot of people that were in the film school, and I auditioned people that were in the film school or in the theater school. You were terrible. <laughs> you were terrible. You were so bad the whole time. And I was directing, and I didn't have any confidence to correct you, and that's my bad. I could have made you a better actor, but I didn't care. <laughs> or there was nothing to fix, dude. Yeah. There was nothing to fix. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes there isn't. I direct you. There's sometimes you just can't fix things. No, you just kind of have to be like, all right, well, on to the next one. Yeah, it's Moving hard because, like, especially with actors that there's a hair on here. Especially with actors that, like, you know, they're just not giving you what you want. It's like I don't know. I'm not a good director, so I don't know what to say. I I, I could just go out to people and be like, be more real. Like yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't know what to say. Also, I, I wasn't necessarily making real movies. I, the movies yeah, I made, yeah. I made uh, in movies, short films. I made one about a. Time traveling cowboy, a, a space wizard, and a bear hawk who try to defeat an evil cyborg. And I made a movie about a talking goat that helps a girl survive the post apocalypse. I made a musical about Great the premises, though. Yeah, I made it. I'm a premise genius. Uh, the culmination of everything was subpar. I like them, but they're definitely student films. They definitely sound like South Park episodes, though. I won't. Lie. I, 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 I have fun. I have a great brain. My brain is perfect. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, I. I, uh, my favorite thing I ever made was I made a, a one-shot musical uh, oh, based cool. on the movie uh, Olympus Has Fallen. That's uh, really I made cool. Olympus Has Fallen the musical, even though I've never seen the movie Olympus the, Has the Fallen. The action movie? Yeah, I've <laughs> ne never, never seen it once. Ne I looked up the IMDb uh, summary, not the synopsis. I looked up the summary. It was two lines, and I made that into a, a eight-minute one-shot musical that was the most fun I ever had making a thing. You ever see Tropic Thunder? Like yeah, I love Tropic dude, Thunder. Th that you, what you just described could be like the Tropic Thunder at a low budget. Oh, it's so low budget. <laughs> just your it's story a, of you it's, looking up Olympus Has Fallen, never yeah. seeing it, and then making a one-shot musical. It was so low budget. We did it in a playground. Just put a camera in the middle. Made two shitty sets. So the shittiest sets. I took. I literally put took like giant boards and like for the Oval Office, I just painted an American flag. <laughs> Uh, that didn't have the right number of stripes or the right color. I ran out of red paint. And I just put it up, 
<laughs> and then for the scene that wasn't in the Oval Office, I just spray painted not the Oval Office. <laughs> and we set that up. And then we would just do – we would do the musical numbers like – in front of these boards that were half our height. So I'd be like here and the, the board would only go up to here. And that was the whole scene. And there'd be a slide behind <laughs> us. And it was one of my favorite things I ever made. That's amazing. I think I love, cause like with shenanigans, we do some of the shit is so I think like as we get more money and we get more funding and we get more places, I think we're going to be able to build more reliable things. But some of the mm-hmm. shit I've built with shenanigans, I built uh we, me and the team have built, uh, we built like a machine. We built a thing we called the Torchito that was a box, a wooden box with like, uh, like kind of wrapped in a shower curtain pretty much, okay. uh, with a big fan on top and a big fan on bottom. And the idea was that the person would stand inside and we'd, we'd throw hot Cheeto dust into it. Oh that would be like, God, yeah, no didn't way. work how we wanted it to that sounds at like a all. Good idea, though, but yeah, but like great. that, and we, we were, we've been like duct taping, Watermelons to ropes, uh, stilts. building the, cra- the stilts. stilts like the we, the beam with the fireworks on it. That was yeah. Great. We built like a head cage out of a plastic box and like some weird shit I found at Home Depot. We've built like a maze of mouse traps, the jungle of mouse traps, like hanging from the ceiling. So uh-huh. it's like we we are so we're so creative like is what I'd call it creative, but also it it is not. FDA approved or whatever the word <laughs> yeah, is like OSHA. We, we're OSHA or we're, we're violating several laws. <laughs> so I, but I love it. I love the, I, I love the kind of rogue nature of it mm. all. It's mm. like, these are the moments that you remember when you do end up getting somewhere. It's just like <laughs> that I'm still in right now and so unhappy with all the time. <laughs> But you know, I think that's just general life. It's like yeah. you know, you're, you're unhappy. You, you get the thing. The things I'm doing now are the things I wanted to be doing a year ago, and I'm not satisfied. Mm. Like a year ago, I was like, I just I was starting roast battling, and I was like, I just want to be able to be able to do some main card battles, the headlining battles oh, sure. at the store. And now that's the only ones I do. Well, that just shows growth, though. Growth as a yeah. comedian and as a person, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I, yeah, and I was like, I want to start getting booked to the improv, and I started getting booked to the improv, good but now you, I'm like, man. not enough. Uh, but you that's know? good. That's yeah, a good sign. Is, that's a very good, good sign. Good, but it's you know that's that's the nature of it. Isn't yeah, like, I don't know when you become satisfied. I think I become satisfied at least when I don't have to work with autistic kids anymore. <laughs> I think that's part of it, for sure. Well, on that note, JP Puth and Vito, we are at 45 minutes. Right okay. Now. This is, I usually just go about 30 to 40. But it's perfect. Dude, you have been fucking awesome. I've had such a great time. Thank, Thank you, you so much for doing I'm this. I'm pretty sure I got myself fired from multiple jobs <laughs> by being on this podcast. Uh, it's I, all right. The only people, I've only got five listeners. Po- so. Yeah, no, part of me is like, I want you to just, I want you to succeed as much as possible. But also, part of me is like, I hope we don't go over five. And I hope none of those people. Are looking at my resume anytime soon <laughs> but like but thank you for having me dude i appreciate it thank you again jp tell uh but the five followers where they can find you oh i'm on instagram at jp puthan you can also find everything else i do from that profile i am at shows i'm around town i look at me up i'll tell you i'll tell you on there i don't you can what, what do you want me to say i will be at the glendale room on friday i'll be at the casino in <laughs> In Palm Springs this weekend. Uh, you won't be there, but you can look me up on Instagram and find the address <laughs> if you decide to be. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's great. Message me on Instagram, and I'll tell you exactly where I am at any given point in time. <laughs> I'll update you. I'll share my location. You can find me. 
I need a stalker. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, dude. Thank you so much, JP. Yeah, thank Appreciate you, buddy. you brother. All righty.